0: Welcome to the Runners of the Bay podcast. I'm so happy to be back here with my friend, Jay Holder. Jay, welcome back to the podcast.
1: Mimi, it's so great to be back. I can't believe it's been been like three years, right?
0: I think we talked right after Tokyo, so it's been over two years. Okay, I guess that was,
1: okay, I keep thinking that was 2020 because 2020 and 2021 just all kind of blend together um so two years okay but still it's been a long time we've seen each other yes since well
0: and it's been over two years mm-hmm. since we've seen each other because we saw each other in boston uh in the fall right.
1: that's right that was the fall boston see timelines timelines in 2020 and 2021 do not make sense at all to me no
0: not at all but i have been living vicariously through you for a couple of years so i feel like oh, i just okay. know like what you've been up to whether it's world champs or marathon majors like i just look at whether it's your instagram posts or like if you're running with our mutual friend caitlin i'm just like oh my god i have such fomo i want to be there but it looks like it's been a lot of fun so want to start with that actually you're fresh off new york city marathon weekend um can you yeah, yeah
1: uh i don't Tell know, us about fresh that. I, I think yeah, I mean, it's, uh, I'm, I'm, ex- I'm exhausted. It's that, like, one of the things I've been saying to people since I've been back is, you know, you and I both lived in New York, and we know what it's like to live in New York. And, and, and you're out in the Bay Area now, and I'm in Atlanta. We're not in small metropolitan areas. But New York moves so much faster than any other city in the country. And now eight years removed, like I go back there once, maybe twice a year, and I'm not as good at it as I used to be. <laughs> And so like, you know, you go to all these events and they're always jam-packed. There's so many things to do and people to see. They're, they're essentially like a big running industry convention and you want to take meetings and you want to see friends. But New York feels like 10 times more intense than any of the other ones, uh, which is good and also just really tiring. So at the end, I'm like, that was so much fun. I'm going to go nap for three mm-hmm. days. Um, and that this year was no different. Um, it really, you know, New York always has an energy to it. Um, that really is unmatched. New York City in the fall is maybe my favorite place in the world. Um, it, was a, it was just a great field this year, a great day, um, a really good race. One of the things that I really love about the New York City Marathon is, you know, world records are fun. Everybody loves to see a world record. But when you come to the New York City Marathon, that's not what your expectation is. But you know you're going to get a good race. And that women's race was so good. <laughs> um so yeah it was a lot of fun i got to see a lot of great people um people that you know i only see once a year which was was awesome and got to watch some really great racing and and do some really cool work so i'm really just grateful to have been there and um but still very much recovering yeah.
0: i had i like just had the biggest fomo and actually <laughs> i so i ran berlin in the fall and i was like oh i'm just craving going back to new york and i was like oh great I got a time qualifier with Berlin, but even that's not guaranteed. I really hope I make it. And then I realized that I'm turning 40 before the next New York City Marathon and that I ran the New York City half. And because I'm turning 40, I now have the guaranteed entry, the qualifying time. So I'll see you next year in New York.
1: (laughs) Can we talk about how exciting it is as a runner? Who is like you know we're not world class runners. No offense, I'm not. I take internet. zero we're, we're, offense. But we're good, <laughs> right? But we're we're you know we're competitive amongst ourselves and amongst our peers. Can we talk about how exciting it is to turn 40? Yeah, to be like it's a whole new world.
0: Because <laughs> I turned
1: 40 in September. Yeah,
0: well, happy belated birthday. I hope, I hope the, uh, into this new decade is going well. It is exciting. Like when I was, Mm -hmm. I was typing that out to my coach of like, oh, I realized that because I'm turning 40. And that was the first time I saw like 40 attached to my name. (laughs) And I was like, oh, this is, this is weird. But yeah, you know, it's, it's just a number. It's the new 30. I don't know. Maybe it's the new 25. Like, I don't know about you. I feel physically, I mean, you know, I got to warm up a little more in the morning, but like, yeah. Physically, things are still good. In life, you just feel more like confident and together as a human.
1: I, yeah, I feel like an adult finally. <laughs> like, and and yeah, I do feel like uh, from a running standpoint, I feel the best I felt in probably six or seven years. Yeah, awesome. Um, and I, you know, and I'm excited to race again. I I didn't race from like 35 to 40 because I was like, I'm going out there. I'm running in open division races and getting destroyed by kids right out of college and um now it's like hey maybe i can go out and win my age group again or hey maybe i can go out and compete for a masters uh for the masters title so it really is just a whole new chapter and, and i've i've loved it so far i you know i i got scared at 30 when i turned 30 i was like oh man it's, it's all over um and 40 i've been looking forward to for like two or three years and now that it's finally here yeah it, it is it 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 feels kind of like a new start and i don't feel any older than i felt at 39
0: Yeah. I mean, that's awesome. I still feel like I'm 17. Like, I don't know. It's hard to see myself Mm -hmm. as like a person, a woman in my 30s, let alone my 40s. But like, yeah, that's that's great. And it is exciting. I mean, I just ran a race over the weekend and won my age group. And I was like, this is cool. But like, I'd also win Mm -hmm. the 40s age group. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 a good feeling. And you see like just the longevity of athletes right so we you know we're mm. not we're we're not professionals believe it or not even though we talk about running mm. i don't i don't get paid to run in any way shape or form um but you see like professionals who are able to do this longer and actually today i was listening to um the see run podcast and the one she did with helen taylor i guess like, a couple weeks mm. ago before the new york city marathon and i think that like Carrie said if she had seen more women having kids, being able to do that, having their careers go longer, even having kids, it's not sort of like a, my career is over now that I've had kids, she would think about it differently. And I love, I love seeing, you know, the Kellen Taylors out there, the Molly Huddles, the Rachel Smiths that like less than a year ago birthed humans and are just killing it.
1: What a great weekend for new moms. I mean, really, I mean, it was incredible. I mean, Rachel Smith finishing oh, second gosh. in that race, yeah. what, seven months after having, after having a kid was incredible. And, and Kellen is the top American. I mean, and she really put herself in, in it. I mean, knowing that, you know, behind her for 20 miles, she had maybe the greatest women's field ever assembled in New York City. And she, she, she just stuck her neck out there. And it was awesome. It was really awesome to watch. It was
0: so fun. I loved watching it on. I, I loved watching it on TV. It would have been better to be there in person, yeah. but it was great watching it on TV.
1: But I'll tell you, like, I, I make this joke all the time. Like, I fly to all these races and around the world and across the country to go within, like, 100 yards of the finish line and then watch it on TV. So uh, I also watched it on television despite being there. I saw zero of the race in person. I mean, it was still cool because you have that energy. But I do think that, like, in a race like that, your track is different. Track, you, you go in the, and you can see everything happen. In a marathon, really, if the coverage is good... Which, you know, hit or miss, um, <laughs> the TV is the best place to be. That's true.
0: So tell us about your official duties there. What were you doing the New York City Marathon?
1: I actually don't do a ton in New York. I, I, um, I have, you know, compared to some of the other events, um, my job there is a lot of fun, but it's really just on race mm-hmm. day. So what I do um, is I get to the media center, which is just after the finish line, um, around 6, 630 in the morning. Um, and my job is to um help the media understand all the official splits drops up live race updates Mm -hmm. so i you know throughout the race the broadcast is on we have a big screen with the broadcast all the feeds so the women's feed is always up the men's feed and the two wheelchair feeds while they're while they're going and then um, we have a leaderboard on the screen all in front of us and the broadcast generally does they do most of the talking But every mile, I'll give the mile splits and the cumulative time and the leaders. Um, So when we found out Cam Levin's dropped out, I make that announcement. Um, I give temperature updates. Uh, I'll give, um, you know, updates on, you know, you can see on TV that uh, so-and-so's in the lead. And from our lead truck, we're hearing that. You know, Albert's career is is 20 seconds behind and we've got a spotter on the men's truck and the women's truck that I'm on the phone with the entire time to get those updates. So really just kind of official reportable updates for the race. I give those throughout the throughout the race to all the credential journalists who have assembled in the media center. A lot of them will come back and ask questions and, and things like that. And I'll be able to provide them with information. Um, it's a real running nerd job. So I just spend a lot of time, the media guide is behind me. Actually, I spend a lot of time studying the media guide, making sure I know who the athletes are. Um, and then at the end, I, I moderate all the press mm-hmm. conferences. So we bring in the top three men, top three women. Uh, we bring in the top Americans and we bring in the wheelchair winners from both the men's and the women's division. Um, and I do, what I'll do is I'll bring them up. I'll introduce them. We do some official presentations from sponsors that I'll facilitate. I'll usually ask the first question. And then i'll call on the assembled media to uh to ask questions um and if we're you know if i feel like there's a follow-up i'll jump in but I, I usually try to only ask one get the conversation started kind of loosen up the athlete. so i'll ask like the one question that's on everybody's mind i'll try to get that out of the way um and then i you know kind of judge how much time they've been up there and and, and wrap it up when it's when it's time to wrap it up so and then after that i go and i, I run with you brought up carrie tollefson we go out we debrief and we go for a run So, um, it's, you know, compared to some of the other events, it's a, it's a much more concentrated, smaller role, but it's the one I've done the longest. I think this is my eighth year doing it. Um, it's a lot of fun. It's, it's a really intense four hours of, of, uh, of really watching the race very closely.
0: That's so cool. Yeah. I was watching it on TV and then I had to go run a race (laughs) so i had it which was very local to me so i was able to run to the start warm up so i was listening to the sidious mag like live um live feed and they were they were talking about it and at this point the women were still running like relatively slow slow and
1: they were running six minute pace i mean that's that's very slow for me i mean it's it's fast for us but it's very slow i'm like i
0: could run with them for a mile cool (laughs) right um but yeah, so they were the women were still running relatively slow, but Tola was, like, speeding up, and I think they were about a kilometer apart at that point, and so they were like, mm-hmm. is Tola going to catch the front pack, and, like, what happens? And they were like, we don't think that's going to happen, because the women are going to speed up, and speed up, they did, at, you know, those last right. three, three or four miles. Um, but then at the end, the finish, I'm watching the finish line, and I see my friend, michelle lasala who works the finish line like oh, directing yeah. i ran with her on. Yeah, okay mm-hmm. yep mm-hmm. directing helen o'beary and i'm freaking out because it's like my friend michelle and i'm trying to take a screenshot of it and espn is not having that but i texted her and i was like oh my god i just saw you on my tv and she said well it was kind of chaos because like the men's lead vehicle was so close to the women's because he must have passed some of the top women so i'm curious like you're at the finish line are people talking about that? Like, what's is that part of the conversation? What's happening there when, when that's a possibility of happening? Yeah.
1: We were all talking about it, and, and none of us knew, like, because none of us knew how it was going to be handled. We were trying to look at back in the media guide. The media guide will list, like, historicals, finishing times, closest finish, but it doesn't list how close the men finished to the women. Um, but none of us, you know, there are some people who have covered. Twenty, thirty new york city marathons in that room no one could remember the finish ever being that close we really thought if the women didn't pick it up significantly and as you said they did i think they dropped like a a 502 or a 504 mile there at mile 24 so um that changed the game but um they would have been within seconds mm-hmm. of each other and I, I don't know how they would have handled it because there are so many there's like there's a there's a calvary of vehicles right. with each lead pack so I imagine if, yeah, if I were Michelle or anybody on the finish line team, I'm sure that there was some, some tense moments, but we all were talking about, we were kind of doing the math in our head, like, okay, if they don't pick it up at this next mile, he's get, Tola's going to catch them here. Mm-hmm. Um, so definitely it was a, a huge topic of conversation in the media center.
0: Mm-hmm. Crazy. What yeah, a cool day. Yeah, exciting. Yeah, exciting. I mean, it
1: adds another, like when, when you're not the one coordinating the finish line, <laughs> it's, it's, exciting. it's good television, it's good viewing. <laughs> Yeah, there should have been an equalizer. I,
0: that's what I was thinking. Like, is he incentivized, <laughs> you know, to catch her. I mean, he yeah. broke the course record, so probably got something. But right,
1: it and yeah. it's funny because coming in, like, I would, I would have sworn the women's totally. course record was going to go down. Um, I mean, it's it stood since two thousand and three. Um, that field was crazy good, um, and the men's record. It's, I mean, that's a, the men's record for New York City is pretty fast, um, but but shoes have changed the game too, um, and and Tola is, has certainly got a great resume, but. It was not the record I expected to fall.
0: What a cool fall of marathons like just so many exciting things that happened at each one and I guess Berlin and Chicago were a little similar and those were focused on times but I love that New York was like focused just focused on racing and that was equally mm-hmm. exciting.
1: Yeah I think I mean that's the best part about fall mm-hmm. racing is you've got Berlin and, and Chicago almost competing for mm-hmm. who's going to get the biggest headline and it's, it's really kind of a, it's a toss-up because that women's record was insane. Um, but, but, a, but someone running under 201 is insane. So um, so those, that, those kind of are a wash. But yeah, you can always count on New York. And, I, and one of the reasons that I think New York was so exciting, especially on the men's side, the women's side, I mean, we all know who Helen O'Beary is. We all know who Paris Chirchir, who of course didn't make it to the start line. We all know who she is and Latenza Beckett Um But the men's side you kind of, you knew it was going to be somebody that really hasn't made a big splash. I mean, Tamaratola Tola, he won world champs in 2022, but, you know, he hasn't had success in New York and there was nobody really on that list that has, has really made a name for themselves on the world marathon major circuit. So it was exciting to know that someone who was going to do something cool that we hadn't really seen do something cool before, and then to see him do it in the course record um, on that, on, on that course was, was exciting. So yeah, it was a, it was a great fall. Uh, of marathoning we still have valencia left in december
0: the last time we spoke we decided we were going to get back together when taylor swift released 1989 taylor's version so when that happened Mm -hmm. i reached out and i said let's do this and we will get into that i promise but i want to ask you some more questions first but i also saw you tweet like how many times will you hear welcome to new york over the weekend Mm -hmm. so i'm curious how many times did you you count i didn't count but it It was was a a lot.
1: lot It was a lot. I mean, I like the song. So, and oh well, I like the song now. But my son has recently um, discovered the song. My son is the only, um, well, only I only have two children, but he's the one of my one uh, child that was born in New York. So he's he claim he takes a claim to it. Um, he's listening to it nonstop. So I'm not sure how long I like that song. Um, you know, when it, it's funny because when it first came out, and I know we're not talking about the album yet, but when it first came out, it was probably my least favorite song on the album because I lived in New York and Taylor Swift had moved to New York like 10 minutes earlier. And I'm like, who are you to write this song about what New York is like, you, you just got here. Like you don't, I mean, you can't claim this yet. You've got to like, you know, get in an empty subway car or uh, get splashed by a cat. Like you have to like have all those New York rites of passage before. Um, but going back and hearing it, you know, nine years later, Kind of, kind of hits different. Uh, so, I, yeah, I heard it a lot, but it was, it was appropriate. Um, I just, you know, it became a cliche where everybody was like, it's been waiting for you. Like, okay, yeah, okay, I've, I've, heard, yeah, I've heard it. Yeah. Um, I was impressed, though, if you watched the coverage that they had that song um, on the broadcast and um, that could not have been cheap. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, to buy the rights for that song um, is something and I think... Somebody said to me and I, I I don't know if it's true, but somebody well placed said that they were the first broadcast to license wow. that song. So, That's pretty cool. cool. I heard it a lot. Yeah. I
0: heard it a lot. Well, before we get into all things Taylor, let's we were talking before we started. You're doing two jobs right now. It's been announced your new gig. Can we talk a little bit about it? Sure. Right. Yeah, we can talk all about it. Awesome.
1: Yeah. I have not talked about it at all with oh, anybody. So this is, here I mean, I've talked about it with people, but not like, you know, publicly. Okay. So yeah, this is You're it. You're getting First all time. the
0: inside deets. So the, yeah. the new gig is executive director for Running USA. Can you mm-hmm. tell us a little bit more about Running USA and what the yeah. job is, what it entails?
1: Sure. So, sure. So Running USA is, um, it's the main trade group for the running industry. And and our, our mission is to grow participation in, in running events across the country um, by arming race organizers, race directors, timing companies, registration platforms, metal vendors uh, with best practices, education, and research that can help them be better at what they do. And so we're you know, essentially at a, a year-round conversation, idea exchange about what's happening in the industry and, and, and how we can help each other be better. The thing I love about the running industry is, you know, there are, there are certainly parts of the business that are competitive. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as trying to get people to sign up for races, we all just want people to sign up for races. Like if people sign up for, you know, I'm in, I'm in Atlanta. So if people sign up for a race in, in Charlotte, that's great news for me because they may sign up for my race. That's, a, that's, a, that's somebody else I can talk to to come sign up for my mm-hmm. race. So it's that, that rising tide. Um, Approach So it's really is beneficial to have this group of people, this experts, this consortium of of members across the industry that you can reach out to and and share ideas and brainstorm and and ask questions to. And and Running USA really facilitates that. Um, We do a number of research projects throughout the year to just kind of look at what trends are happening, um, mainly in participation, um, who's traveling, where, how much money people are spending on events. Uh, we have a big conference every year. Yeah, depends on the amount. We have a big conference every year. Um this year it's in Orlando, Florida, uh, in conjunction with the Olympic trials which are on February 3rd. I was going to ask you about um, we, that. Yes. We want
0: I want some trials hot takes after this. <laughs>
1: well, I'm the, I'm also the press chief for the trials. Okay. So, I don't know how hot my takes will be. They're going to be measured takes. Measured, so you're up takes. For some measured takes?
0: Okay. Yeah. <laughs> some lukewarm some, takes. That's okay. We don't want to get um, you in trouble. All right.
1: But, um, but no, so it's the same. It's the weekend there. Uh, we get about 600 people that'll come down and it's three days of, of, uh, of, of discussions and panels. And, you know, my, my job as executive director is it's a whole new organization. We um, have a brand new staff, brand new board, um, and really to reimagine the organization and get us back doing what we have set, set up to do when we started 25 years ago. I mean, we have a conference now and it's great. And it's really successful. Um, but, but the, the, using the conference as the beginning of a conversation that continues throughout the year has been less successful. We have the conference, we have some great ideas, and then we all go our separate ways. And we get busy because we're all putting on events and we're short-staffed and we're trying to get the running industry back from COVID. And I want Running USA to be the group that can step in and, and have everybody just slow down a little bit so we can talk. Um, so that's really what my role is going to be over the next couple of years is, is trying to just expand those opportunities. Right now, I'm the only full time staffer, Um, so uh, I've got a great uh, group that's working on the conference, and and we're hiring some folks. Um, But uh, but it really is a a rebuild of the organization, and that's what's got me so excited about it. Is it's got a lot of potential, um, and it's going to be a lot of fun to to tap into that potential.
0: That's so cool. I mean, it seems like I don't want to say an expansion of the work you did with Atlanta Track Club, but even though Atlanta was like focused on that club and obviously the Atlanta area, I think it had a huge influence on running clubs nationwide and just how you put on events and like what it means to, you know, engage the community in running.
1: I hope so. I mean, I, I, um, I worked at Atlanta track club for eight years. I'm still working at Atlanta track club for two more weeks. Um, I've been there for eight years and it's, you know, I'm, I'm obviously biased, but I think it's the best event organization in the country. I mean, um, they just really do it right. They understand the, the, the importance of the experience and the customer service and of, um, invitation and welcome to, uh, to, you know, diverse audience of runners and walkers. Um, and I think that there is a lot that the running industry can learn from Atlanta Track Club, but, but I also think that Atlanta Track Club has been fortunate to learn a lot from the running industry. Um, we're members of, of Running USA and we've, and we have, you know, we have ongoing conversations with our peers across the country and around the world that have, that have really helped us. So, um, yeah, it is sort of a continuation. Um, it is, you know, for me, um, every day I wake up and I'm just like, wow, I work in running. Like, I get to work, I work in this thing that I love, I've loved all my life and I'm super passionate about. And now I get to, now I get to work around the country with, with different organizations that, and, and people who are just as if not more passionate about it than me. So um, it's a, it's a really cool opportunity. And I, you know, every day, I'm just so fortunate to be in this space and, 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 and working, you know, in, the, in this, um in this sport, this hobby, this, this pastime that that people really, really have strong feelings about.
0: Yeah, it's really cool. I'm curious, just like, I'm always thinking about how people sort of take that leap in their career or decide it's time to move on or just change things in general. Did your decision to sort of take a step back or step down from Atlanta Track Club, did you have this in mind or did this come after that? Like what are, what's the sequence of came, events here? It came after. Okay.
1: Yeah, it came after. So, um Oh, nobody has asked me this one publicly either yet, uh, either. So um, <laughs> let's see. How am I going to answer? Um, no, I went, you know, um, this summer I took two weeks off for the first time and mm-hmm. I don't know how long because I've, you know, the last couple summers I've, I have had time off from Atlanta Track Club and filled it with world champs or Olympics. And this summer I said, I'm not, not going to, I didn't even put in for Budapest. Um, I just needed to be with my family. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we went to visit my parents in upstate New York. And it was awesome. I mean, it was just great to just breathe. And I came back just feeling like it was, you know, you just, it, I can't say there was any one thing. It was just a feeling that it was time to do yeah. something different. Um, I love my job at Atlanta Track Club. Um, you know, I love what we're doing and, and I love where the club is going. And yet I felt like it was time for somebody else to do that. Um, my plan was to, um, to do more media stuff Um, that that had really taken off over the last couple of years Um, I've gotten the opportunity to work at a number of awesome events and was getting more calls and felt like I had I had come to a point where I either needed to say no um, or I needed to step away from the track club and and see what else was out there and I thought a lot about it and went with went with the latter Um, and after that happened I heard from the folks at Running USA, some people on the board asked me to apply. Um, I did. It was a great process. I got really excited about, again, the direction and the mission and the potential Um, and realized I could still do a lot of what I'm doing um, because there's a lot of overlap and, you know, I'm going to be at these Mm -hmm. events. Part of my job at Running USA is to go to these events. And if I'm going to, I don't like to go to an event and just shake hands and schmooze. Put me to work. Like, I don't care if it's media stuff or if I'm setting up fence, or if I'm, you know, moving porta like Porta johns I want to be at an event and I want to be part of it. Um, I do not like to be a spectator um, because I feel like I, you know, I I have something to give. Um, so, uh, so it aligned, it aligned really well. Um, I probably won't take on as many media jobs as I had planned when I, when I stepped away. Um, but I'm going to get to just meet a lot of great people and hopefully make a positive impact on the sport and, how can you say no to that opportunity? Yeah. So, um, so it really has all sort of lined up and uh, um, I was ready to, to, to travel more. I was ready to have a little more flexibility in my, in my schedule, um, which this, this uh, job allows. It's not that it's not busy. It's mm-hmm. going to be very busy, but um, Atlanta track club puts on 40 events a year, uh, which is a lot. <laughs> and, uh, and, and it's been tough to sort of keep up over the six and an eight year old. Mm-hmm. So I think this is going to be a little more conducive to that. So. to yeah, it's all really come together, and I keep saying lucky, fortunate, but that's for sure, for sure the case. Yeah,
0: but I mean, you put you, you know, you, you do the work along the way, right? Like you, you go to these mm-hmm. events, you're put to work, you meet the people, you make the connections, and so when you are sort of like a free agent, people are gonna <laughs> try to pick you up, right?
1: It's funny when I when I told my boss at Atlanta Track Club that I was gonna um, gonna step away, he's like. I mean, I don't remember exactly what he said, but he was like, Your, people are going to call yeah. you immediately. He's just like, that's, you know, it's, it's not a very big industry. Um, so uh, he's like, you're going to get calls and you're going to get offers. You know, it's not, you're not going to have trouble finding work. And I'm, of course, like, when I made this decision, I was scared out of my mind. That I knew it was the right decision. And I knew that, like, staying at the, staying in my current role was probably just not the best for me or for the organization. Um, and I care deeply about Atlanta Truck Club, so I wanted to do what was best for them. But I spent a couple of weeks just absolutely terrified that we were gonna, you know, we were gonna go broke, and I was gonna have to sell a kidney, and <laughs> you know, and but but I also just knew like it's not worth staying in a role to make sure that you know that you get a paycheck because yeah, I don't know, I just cared too much about it to to be to be in that position and to not be coming at it with my full self. So, um, but yeah, I got. Yeah, the phone rang. Fortunately, um, if not, I would probably be applying for nighttime shifts at Starbucks. But um, but uh, but no, here we are.
0: Well, that's great. And I think, like, I was gonna say, you know, what sort of advice would you give to anyone that's that's in this situation? But it, I kind of heard it there, like, you can't you can't live for your page. I mean, okay, that's a privileged way of coming at it. Let me just first of all, 100%, that. there and I was are people that, said, like it, you totally have right. to. There are people that absolutely live for the paycheck, right? But there's also kind of this, there's a focus on your own well-being and what's best for you and Mm -hmm. your career and how does it feel in your heart at this moment in terms of what you're able to give to whatever it is you're doing. And I think a lot of us stay in jobs because it feels safe. It feels stable because we're scared to do something else because the fear of the unknown, sort of overpowers our own i'm not going to say we're unhappy but Mm -hmm. like just our own unhappiness or whatever it is feeling stuck and so in this like you know what are some key things that you you learned that you might be able to share with folks
1: yeah i think it is you know these are these are obvious things but in the moment they're really hard to accept Mm -hmm. i think it is trust it is trust your gut Mm -hmm. um believe in yourself because my biggest problem with this you know, when I was making this decision was that I, you know, I didn't have faith in my ability to turn it into something. I was like, I'm going to walk, I, you know, I'm going to walk away from this role and that's going to be it. Like my career's going to be over. Um, and, and people around me, uh, people, you know, who are, are smarter and, and maybe kinder to me than I am to myself said, that's absolutely ridiculous. Mm-hmm. My, you know, my wife was a huge help in just being like, we're going to be fine. Mm-hmm. Like just take the leap and we'll make it work. And if it doesn't, you know, if it doesn't work out, we'll, we'll figure something, you know, we'll, you know, we'll figure something out. It, it's nothing, we're not going to, you know, we're not, it's not going to end up um, a disaster. Um, so there's that. Um, and then I think, you know, I really do think it's important to know, again, if you have this opportunity to know when it's, when it's time. Yeah. Um, I've never wanted to stay at a place beyond when I, beyond, I've never wanted to out, you know, to overstay my welcome um and i you know i was in a really good place with atlanta track club and i felt like i if i stay another year i might not be mm. um you know for me yeah. or for the organization mm-hmm. and i keep saying that i really care deeply about this organization i, I do i've put eight years of blood sweat and tears into it and i i want to leave at a time where everybody is happy um And I just worry, like, you know, how long is that going to last? You know, so so really just if you have the opportunity to, you know, it's it's like athletes, right? You hate watching an athlete who should have probably retired when they're on top. And then they play two more seasons and they're like a shell of themselves. It's the worst. And I kind of looked at it that way. I was like, things have been going great. Things are in a really good spot. Maybe it's time to, to, to bow out. Um, and so, uh, listening to that voice, I think was a really important lesson. Uh, And I hope it's one I remember it was one I had in television too, you know, when I left television, um, it just felt, I just had this voice in my head saying, okay, it's time you've done what you set out to accomplish here. Try to find the next challenge.
0: I love that. I think it is so important. Trust your gut, have faith in your abilities and that what got you to where you are is going to get you to whatever's next yeah. and
1: and listen to your spouse and listen to
0: your spouse or your partner or whoever <laughs> like and just going yes. back to the the getting older I think that mm. the older I get the closer I get to 40 like the more I can trust that like it's whatever it is it's going it, to it'll work out in some way I don't know what it's going to mm. be but yeah it's all going to be for the best and it's going to be okay yeah
1: yeah, exactly. And, and, and you may have to make a sacrifice. Right. You may like think it's not easy. Like it's not meant to be easy. Um, and we were prepared to, to make a sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, we're, we're at a, we're at a part, we're at a time in our lives here as a family where our kids are in public school. So we're not paying for daycare right now. Um, You're very lucky. You know, my wife, my, <laughs> yeah, right. It's, it's yeah. I, it was amazing when we got there. I mean, we have a fantastic, the Atlanta public school that we're in is wonderful. Awesome. Like we love it. And my wife has a, you know, has a job that is secure and not going anywhere. So we were able to say, okay, if we're going to take a risk, we're, this is the mm-hmm. time to do it. And, there, and and next year, it might not be the time, you know, you never know what, what you know, what's going to, what's going to, what expenses you're going to incur that you haven't planned right. for. And we were just in this spot where, you know, we, we could take the leap. Um, so yeah. I, and, and again, like I want to I want to just reiterate something you said. This is a this is a this is a privilege to be in this position. And I don't I try really hard not to forget that. Like, you know, we could take that mm-hmm. risk. There are you know, that's not something that that's not everybody's experience for okay. sure. And I and I try to remember
0: that, too. Well, it's exciting. I won't put you on no. the spot and make you uh, talk about any like spicy takes on the trials. We are excited about them. In Orlando, whatever time, we will be watching. Um, and it's going to be, it's just, I'm like, we thought Atlanta was going to be good. I mean, Atlanta was amazing. Thank you, Atlanta Track Club. Thank you, The Field. Thank you, everything. Thank you for having it happen before the world shut down. All of the above. But these trials are really exciting.
1: Super exciting. And I, and I just want to, again, mention women's distance run. Oh, my God. It's so good. Like, it's so, like, it's... I can't wait for that women's race. There's like 15 women that could make the team.
0: Also like the three that I had maybe making the team last week, like just in the last week, I was like, "Uh, actually, I think like, you know, who could still make the team who seems to be coming back? Like good old Alephine, like just never count anyone out. It's so exciting.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I I can't wait for it. And, and, you know, I'm working with the LOC um, on on media operations Mm -hmm. and, Track Shack Events is just one of the best events organizers in the world. If you've That's ever great. run a Run Disney race, you know they're, they're done meticulously well. John and Betsy Hughes love this sport. They live, eat, sleep, and breathe this sport. Um, they care about the athlete experience, whether it's you know, one of the Run Disney marathoners or one of the top marathoners in the country. They, they care deeply about the athletes. And so the trials are in good hands. I, you know, there's going to be a resolution here. Um, I don't know what it's going to be. I don't have that good of inside info, but it's going to happen. And the trials, are, they're going to be great. They're going to be great races. Yeah. Um, so, uh, as a West Coaster, if they started at 8 a.m., would you still get up at 5 a.m. to watch the oh, trials? 100%. I
0: like, thought so. <laughs> track fans, I mean, we're an, or mar- marathon fans, whatever, we're a niche group to begin with. Like, mm-hmm. we all got up to watch New York City. People get up at like two in the morning to watch Berlin. Like I don't know, you know, it's yeah. So it doesn't matter. We're gonna do it, right? And I mean, I understand like all of the arguments around like, well, if you have it in like primetime broadcast for NBC sports or whatever, then like people that wouldn't normally watch are gonna watch and then you may convert more people. But like yes, and and that is good for the sport, but like the it it could be they could have it it could be a Doha situation. Like they could literally yeah. have it at any time and the fans are going to watch it.
1: All the arguments are valid yeah. for all the times. Exactly. The reason that it is contentious, the reason that we are, um, that it's that, it, that there is so much controversy and, and anger for both sides is that it is November 9th. Yeah. And not January 1st of last right. year. So, or this year. So I think that it's, you know, but it's, because of that, it has to get fixed, mm-hmm. and, it, and it, it will. And I think, you know, in the next couple of days, we should know when the Star Gun is going to go off.
0: And we will tune in whatever time. That's so, right, everyone.
1: People will be out on the streets. Yeah. Orlando is going to be packed. Yeah.
0: I remember watching um, – I would think I was on my computer. My husband was watching. We weren't even married at the time. He was watching something else, and I was, like, watching the trials just on my couch just crying. Like, what a beautiful <sighs> – it was just such a, I don't know, a beautiful thing I cried to watch a lot that at. day. <laughs> it was like, oh my gosh, this is incredible. And then actually the next day I went and ran a half marathon. And I remember my coach, Dina, was at the trials. And she called me and she was like, listen, I think that this next race that you're running tomorrow might be it. Like, you should just go full gas. And not even, because I was going to run Boston that year. And like, she's like, you shouldn't mm-hmm. even think about it. Just go full gas. <laughs> like. And how'd it go? I PR'd and then there were no more races.
1: <laughs> so, mm, that's right. Yeah. yeah. You're really good at like watching a big event and then going out there and using that mode. Motor- like you were talking about how you ran a race right after New York and like, that is the best. It's I, so good. I have my, I remember like watching Berlin at two in the morning, watching the race, it gets over at four thirty, and being like, well, I'm up throwing on my shoes and going out there and banging out like 18 miles at, some clip that I probably shouldn't be running, but you're just like so amped up from watching these performances. Oh,
0: hundred percent. And I have a half marathon the day after the trials this year, or in twenty twenty four. So it's perfect. You do? Yeah.
1: Which um, half marathon? I'm
0: running the Kaiser, San Francisco half.
1: Oh yeah. Okay. So it's gonna be uh, it's... it's gonna be like Paris Hilly.
0: <laughs> kind of. But yeah. I really would like to PR. And I'm like, whatever, I'm just gonna take the energy and, and go with it. So I love yeah. that strategy. Yep. Yeah, that's the best way to do it. Just figure out when there's, like, a Mm -hmm. good – whatever your sport is, like, whatever gives you energy and makes you amped, and then just race right after it. That's – Yeah. That's the way to do it. Cool. Well, I'm sure we'll we'll talk after, and that's – yeah, it's so exciting. You're not going to
1: come to – obviously, you're not going to come to Orlando. So
0: I would just come to everything. Like, I was like, why am Hmm. I not running the New York City half next year? Why am I not, like flying all over the country why am i not driving up to sacramento and volunteering for cim but i really have to balance like the childcare stuff and the family stuff and so i feel you Mm -hmm. on like all the things like i got very lucky that my husband let let me he doesn't let me do it's a Mm -hmm. conversation right (laughs) but that (laughs) you know i was able to go to new york and run the half last march and then you know, that he was supportive of me going to Berlin, but it's a lot, it's a lot with a small kid.
1: It is. So. Yeah, it is. I'm traveling a lot more, um, most of my stuff is East coast, but one of the things, you know, with this new role that my wife and I discussed was let's try to keep it to once a Mm -hmm. month. Um, and then when I'm not traveling, I'm at home and which, which I really love about, about the situation is even when you're working from home, at least you're still there and like, I can go pick up my kids from daycare or after school programs every day. So. Yeah. It does. Yeah.
0: It does change things. I mean, yeah. I just try, like. I think I'm gonna run next spring. Um, my husband's family is from Traverse City, Michigan, and they have the Bayshore Marathon, which is a wonderful race. I've run it. I, so high. On my it, list oh, do it. it. Do it in 2024, and I'll see you there. Um, Maybe I okay. will
1: actually, because I have friends in Traverse City too, and I I really want to run a marathon. And then this year I just couldn't get the bug, but I feel like. Maybe by May, I'll
0: Okay. Amazing. So the plan is to do that and then I already booked my hotel for New York next year and then- Oh, you oh, did? I was like, these prices are going to go up. I need to- I was
1: supposed to do that, that this stuff. week. I need to did do- it. I need to book- the, After we get off the phone, I need to book my hotel for New York. The
0: only problem is, is that Thursday is Halloween and I'm like, oh, how do I- I know.
1: I'm going to go Friday because of that. I booked yeah. it
0: starting Thursday, but I, I think I'm going to go Friday, so-
1: yeah, I, I had the same thought because I was up there once on Halloween and I was so sad that I was going to right. my kids trick-or-treating. Yeah. So I'm going to go up first. Thing. I mean, it's easier for me to fly from Atlanta to New York than I think to fly across the country. But yeah. um, but I'm going up first thing Friday morning yeah. for that very reason. Cool.
0: Yeah. And then I think we'll try to make it to Boston in 2025.
1: And You've got it all planned out.
0: I mean, it's kind of just all fallen into place, but we'll see. Yeah. Who knows? My body might have other... Other plans, but if all goes well, I just feel lucky that like I have a supportive spouse who indulges me. The the trick though is like your spouse also has to have something that they really love to do and then you have to like mm-hmm. let them do that or not let yes. but like encourage them. So my husband let, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, my wife is at a conference all week yeah. for for her job, but she also like we're both fortunate to work in things that we are very Perfect. passionate about. And so she's at a conference all week and we just, um, yeah, we, we just, you know, we, every, every month we sit down and we look at the calendar and we try to make sure that there are opportunities for us to go do the things that we love. It's also really great for a partnership. Totally. Like, you know, I love spending time with my wife. I also love when I'm at home for, alone for the week and we can just sort of reset and just have our way to, it's, yeah, it's great. So I am a uh, big fan of, uh, of supportive partners. Yes.
0: My husband likes to play golf and I'm like, oh, you want to go mm. play this golf tournament? Of course. Like, mm-hmm. please go do that. You want to do this golf trip with your friends? Uh, yes, absolutely. Yeah. How can I help you? Because I know I'm going <laughs> to be like, I'm running the New York City Marathon or I got to go on this long yeah. run. Like, yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. So, yep. you know,
0: you have to like give and take a little bit. But and yeah. I think, I, you know what? I also think it's really good for our kids to just see... Our parent, their parents, do the things they love, and like, you know, yeah.
1: I completely agree. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. I I think that that I mean it makes and it makes us better parents too. You know, nobody wants to be the parent that's like, I didn't do the thing that I love because my family kept held me back or because I had too many. You know, I I want to spend as much I want to spend as much time with my family as possible, and I'm much better in that time if I've gotten my run. Totally. I've gone to a race that I wanted to to go to.
0: And my daughter has gone on, I mean, we don't, we do stroller runs when we need to. And she's Mm -hmm. even been in a, a, she's actually done two races. She did a turkey trot when she was like six weeks old. My mother-in-law pushed her in the stroller. And then she and I ran a race in the jogging stroller last April. So... She's got some medals. Hang on to that jogging
1: stroller. I <laughs> I sobbed the day that Uh-oh. I got rid of mine. I loved every second of running yeah. with my kids in the jog stroller, and they're too old now. Um, but those are good, those are good memories. It is great,
0: and she she loves mm-hmm. it. So yeah, and she's like fast. Like she likes to. She started walking pretty early, and now she mm-hmm. runs to things, and she's yeah, she's a little bit of a maniac, but. Lover, My
1: son ran an 830 mile at our our kids mile a couple of weeks ago and I was amazing. He's eight years old. He ran an 830 mile. And I'm not going to be one of those like running dads who's like forces them into running. They can do whatever they want, but they happen to enjoy running our kids races. And so I'll encourage that while it lasts.
0: Kids races are the cutest. So I did some announcing for um, the Tracksmith 5000 races in the San Francisco Bay Area. Mm -hmm. And there's a there's a kids race. It's like one lap or something and they were just they were my favorite heats like they were adorable yeah
1: the best the best, the best.
0: <sighs> okay unbridled
1: joy let's okay we're we talking talk about Taylor now? we'll
0: talk about can T-Sizzle. I tell you
1: that I've been nervous about this all oh day oh my
0: god really why well, because
1: like I, so I love 1989 and we've talked about it
0: but I'm not a swifty I was gonna like, bring I, up I'm your not, quote like, that that says your your tweet where you say you're not a swifty
1: not at all. I mean, I like Taylor Swift. Yeah. I like Taylor Swift. I appreciate Taylor Swift. I think she's a generational talent. I have a ton of respect for Taylor Swift. I do not, I'm not wearing any of the, the bracelets. Oh, I'll make you some like, friendship bracelets
0: and send them to you. Okay, that'd okay. be great. I
1: will wear them. <laughs> uh, I can't like, like, I can't get into philosophical debates about the meanings of the songs. I enjoy Taylor That's... Swift. Um, and I happen to think that 1989 is one of the greatest pop albums of all time. Um, and I will... I will go to the grave believing that. I just, I'm nervous that, like, you're going to ask me, like, you know, what is the third <laughs> line of the that fourth gonna track? Be the, the, be like, this was going to oh, be a, no. this
0: was actually going to be a quiz. No. Okay. I was, <laughs> well, I have No, you're fine. I was going to start with that, like, that, you sort of declared that, that it was one of the greatest pop albums of all, all time. So my first question was, like, what makes you say that? Why? Um...
1: It's you know I've been thinking I thought you might ask me that, and I've been thinking about it i the, I mean I love a good, tight pop record. Mm-hmm. I used to be like when I was in college, I was really into like the jam stuff, mm-hmm. and now like give me something that's really well produced um, I, I used the term tight before but mm-hmm. I'll say it again like and and that was the first I think time I listened to a pop album and really appreciated pop as an art form and not um just some sort of uh generated music to sell records mm-hmm. like you know i think the great example of that that still is pervasive is radio country like there's a bunch of guys sitting in a room writing the same song for 19 different people and like that's just in my opinion is garbage and i used to think pop was that mm-hmm. and then i i think that's the first pop record that i sat and listened to and was like this is there is there is just an artistry to this um i also think just you know she coming from a country background being this huge country star you generally that that cross genre um experiment does not work um and it and it worked so well um you know she always when we heard it we were all like oh she's always been a pop Mm -hmm. star um so so there's that um the range of songs i mean from shake it off which is just like this you know perfect kind of like you know i think of it as like it sits in this category with hey yeah, uh, these pop songs that are that are you're, you're sick of them because you've heard of a million times but you've heard them a million times because they're just like some of the they're like the best songs mm-hmm. ever made um there's a reason that they're played all the time to something like out of the woods which is a totally different kind listen of listen to totally
0: you kind of you're like uh, you know just yeah, okay. listen to off. you know Okay, yeah. I'm
1: listening about, um, and we'll talk about the, the, the new stuff too on Taylor's Version. but um, And then the, one of the reasons I really like it is, for me, music is all tied to nostalgia. Mm-hmm. Like, where were you when the album came out? What stage of your life were you yeah. when, when that album came out? I was, uh, we were, my, my wife was pregnant with my son. Uh, we were living in New York City, as I mentioned um it was uh you know it was this time of year right right And I was like yeah 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 it it was like late it was in the fall it was in the fall which is my favorite as we talked about the best there's no place better in the world to be than new york city in the fall um and i just remember walking to the subway walking to work listening to that album over and over and over again because it was just so catchy and also like you know usually when you listen to a a pop album, you listen to it one or two times, and you're like, "That's a catchy song," and then you get sick of it. And I just didn't get sick of it. And then I had one night that I remember really well. It was New Year's Eve, New York City. We got back from, I think, visiting my parents upstate at like five or six o'clock, and we had a New Year's Eve party at like nine o'clock. Back when we went out on New Year's Eve, which is not a thing anymore. Um, and I was like, I'm gonna go for a run, and uh, and I put on my whatever headphones. I think it was a shuffle. Um, and I'd put the whole 1989 album on there, and I remember doing a full lap of Central Park with that album playing in my in my in my earphones. And I don't remember every run that I've ever done; it's been a lot, but I remember every second of that run. Um, so yeah, I think it's just the timing. It is the groundbreaking nature of it, um, and the the unlikely success. Not that we didn't think it'd be successful, but success and quality of a crossover genre.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh that's so good. I love everything about that. And I think like this is, the nostalgia piece is so important. Like music, it needs to make you feel a certain way in the moment, but then it also needs to make you feel a certain way when you listen to it over the years. And like being yeah. able to bring you back to that place in time, like it's such a it's such a visceral thing that you just feel throughout your like entire body. It's that's awesome. I left New York About two years before it came out. But I have these like, so I'm very nostalgic for um, uh, Speak Now uh, for my time in New York because (laughs) I just remember like, it's like, I don't remember all my runs at all, right? But I remember very specific runs of listening to Speak Now and running like um, sort of uh, uh, in Riverside. I'm like blanking on all the places in New York. Where did I run? (laughs) Uh, Riverside Drive and Riverside Park. Like that was my, those were my stomping grounds. And then I was going through a time um, in 2014 when it came out of like, did I make the right choice leaving New York? I wasn't happy with my job. I was single. I didn't have a huge group of friends. Like, should I go back? And the album didn't help because I was like, ah, of course yeah, I want right. to go back. <laughs> right? That's the wrong album. Yeah. But I just remember I did have one friend who also really liked Taylor Swift. And we got really excited when because this was when she started to release Singles before the album came out. So I think, I don't remember. I think the first one she released was Shake It Off. And then I think she did Out of the Woods. And then I think Welcome to New York. And then she released the album. So I remember like the slow drip. And then I remember my friend and I were texting and we're like, it's out. And we just, it was like radio silence. We listened to the whole thing. And then we texted each other. And then the great thing that happened the other week was this, like, we didn't plan this but we just listened to the whole thing and then immediately texted each other because that's what we did nine years ago. Yeah. You know, it's great.
1: You know what else I love about Taylor Swift and there are not a lot of artists, there are artists, but there are not a lot of big artists doing this anymore. I'm an album guy.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Like I don't want a song. I want an album and I want to know how it all fits together. Um, and a lot of like mainstream pop artists now are just giving me a song. Um, Taylor Swift is putting out a whole album, and every track is something special um, for the listener, yeah. and is going to resonate with a different group of the audience. And 1989, from, from start to finish, every track is stellar. It's awesome. Um, and there's just, that does, that's a dying art. The album is a dying art, because we all listen to our music on our phones, and we're not putting a record player on, but I love a good album, yeah. um, and, that, you know, that, and that one holds up. Yeah.
0: How do you like? What's your li- how do you compare it to the original? Like, can you hear a difference? Do you have a do you have an Not opinion? Not a ton.
1: Yeah. Am I supposed to? Because I don't think I'm supposed to. I
0: don't to. think you need to.
1: Yeah. Do you?
0: Not really. Like I've listened to the podcast, sort of analyzing it. But I think mm-hmm. you know her voice has certainly matured and like gotten richer since that time. But she was yeah. on well on her way to that when she recorded 1989. So mm-hmm. I don't i don't see a huge difference um i think it's just great you're able to enjoy it more maybe because it's she owns it and that's a nice yeah. thing but i don't hear a huge difference yeah, i don't think
1: i don't think we need new versions of these no. songs these are you know as i said it's like one of the most perfect pop records why would why, why tweak it right you know i think nobody that i was listening to uh to style tonight um Oh, I was making dinner, and that hook on that song is just, like, it hasn't come out of my head since. It's so good. Like, why change that?
0: for sure. Why change something like that? What do you think about The Vault?
1: I like it. Um, I'm a a fan of a banger. I love a good (laughs) banger. So what is it? New Romantics? Is that the song?
0: New Romantics was on the extended version. So that is, but it is, it, it now is on, like, the full album.
1: Okay, so tell me, okay, so maybe I don't know what The Vault is.
0: The Vault, so, okay, so Taylor has done this thing with Target for a number of years.
1: Okay, where... I'm looking at, so it's, my, it's track 17 through 21?
0: Yes. Okay, yeah. so New Romantics so... is
1: 16, okay.
0: Right, so she, and where she would release, like, these albums, you would have to buy it from Target, and you would have certain tracks that you wouldn't be able to get elsewhere. Right. So, on the original version, the two, or I think there were three tracks. It was New Romantics, Wonderland, and Not This Love, it's the other love one I should you are in love you are in love thank you yeah um and then but like new romantics is like hands down one of the best taylor swift songs ever and never got enough
1: I love it yeah I never got enough
0: credit right yeah because you didn't buy the album from target so like why would you but um but then obviously the vault songs are the ones that were supposedly written to maybe be on the album at the time but you know made the we're on the cutting room floor for whatever reason.
1: so it's so funny because i um so when i was nervous about this about sounding like i knew what i was talking about with 1989 i was like she's gonna ask me what my favorite of the new songs are and i've got one and now i don't because it's not really because it was song. new
0: but you know what the best thing is is like that was new to you and yeah. that's so exciting because it is a banger
1: it's a, I like, love a banger and the first when the album came out i went you know i listened to the whole album but like, I went back and I started with, um, uh, with track 14, which is right uh-huh. after Clean. Um, and I was like, I listened to those at Wonderland. I listened yeah. to them over and over yeah. again. And I listened to new romantics like nonstop. I had never yeah. heard it before.
0: See, like, that's so exciting. That's, yeah. it, I mean, there are a lot of Swifties out there that are like, oh my God, Jay is just discovering new romantics. I know, we're, it, we're jealous. Me.
1: Right. Oh, we're, really? No, They're we're jealous. Like, They're not like, we're that jealous guy.
0: because, yeah. like, what a gift.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. It right? Yeah. That's the. I love discovering. I mean, one of my hobbies is discovering new music, and sometimes it's. I try to like find stuff that is truly new, but you know, I went back and listened to uh, what was it this this weekend that I downloaded, and I'd never the first um, the first Elliot Smith record, like it's from like mm. nineteen ninety nine. I'd never listened to it, and and I, in discovering it like just walking around the house this weekend was really cool. Um, it's it's a fun thing to to find new songs. Um. Mm-hmm. But on The Vault, I I really like, I don't know the name, so I'm I'm being honest. Like, I'm looking at my track list. It's fine. But I have listened to it. I just haven't memorized (laughs) the names. I really like the Now That We Don't Talk song. Oh, it's so good. The lyrics are really good.
0: It's so cool.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I I enjoy that song. I need to spend more time with The Vault stuff, but I do really like that song.
0: I like that. I think that might be my favorite vault track. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's... It's... How do they compare, because I've, I've gotten all the Taylor's version albums, mm-hmm. um, and I've listened to them all, but as I said, I'm not a Swifty, so I, I don't like, like, 89 is the, 1989 is like the one that I've listened to over and over again. How mm-hmm. do they compare to other vault songs on other
0: albums? I have embarrassingly thought a lot about this. Okay, good. I'm glad I asked you the question then. <laughs> I have given this a lot of thought. I think my favorite, I, so I think my favorite vault track is from, red taylor's version i like nothing new with phoebe bridgers and i love i love, phoebe I love the song but i also love phoebe bridgers so like it's so great and then i love um another one on that there's two other ones from the vault on red um i bet you think about me with chris stapleton I like that's that a great song. one
1: and i love chris stapleton too so but i it's like that
0: so song. good and then the uh the third one is not necessarily a new song but she wrote it Back when she wrote Red, but um, Little Big Town ended up oh. recording it and producing it. Mm-hmm. I love Better Man.
1: Yeah. I love so, Little Big Town.
0: Yeah. Um, great band. There you go. Yeah. So I would say those are my top three and they're all okay. from Red. Okay. And then I love Now That We Don't Talk. Um, and then I love Is It Over Now? And those are both from
1: 1989.
0: Yep. And then I would say like, I like um, uh, the very first Vault track that she released from Fearless, The You All Over Me with mirren Morris, and then I think the speak now vault tracks are really cute. um, I like the one uh, the I can see you yeah, that she did the music video with um Taylor lautner which mm-hmm. I thought was funny um and I like the the uh the one she did with Haley from Paramore. I'm trying to think of her name oh Haley,
1: yeah. um yeah. Gosh, I yeah. love that album. If you haven't listened to the new Paramore al- album that came out, that's a Bikini good one. Year, it's phenomenal.
0: Okay, um, so that one was Castles Crumbling, which actually was one of my secret songs at mm-hmm. the concert I went to. Oh, really? Um, so, okay.
1: Well, you saw you saw the tour in San Fran?
0: Yeah, in Santa Clara, Levi Santa Stadium. Clara, okay, okay. Yes. I
1: did it's not great. go see the show. I I might next go round. Okay. Um, I might. I mean. It's a tough one to spring for, but yeah, and a tough one to it get was, tickets
0: to. Yes, it was. Um, I had to really like evaluate, is this worth yeah. it? You want to know actually why I did it. And so shout out. I don't I don't know her personally, but I know she's a good friend of yours. Um, Allie Feller. Yes. And I was listening to I mean, I listened to all of her, her episodes, so I don't know which one it was. But she was saying like, in the midst of everything that's going on, she was like, I wish I had bought Taylor Swift tickets. I wish I had just done it. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to just do it.
1: You live so, one, I mean, it's. Thank sure, you, Allie. It's one yeah. Once in a lifetime. Do it. Yeah, I completely agree. I, I am. I'm big on live. I love to see live music and I will I will spend money frivolously on live music because yeah. those are I, it's live music is like therapy for me. Yeah, you know, I need yeah. I need that moment. So I'm glad you did it.
0: And. So I wanted to to wrap up actually by not talking about Taylor Swift. I wanted okay, to good, give I, you, I'm out of knowledge. So <laughs> I wanted to talk about your favorite band that you do go see and you tweet about, and I would like to know more <laughs> about Guster. Uh-huh. And so please, can you like take us on a journey and evangelize uh-huh. all that is Guster? Gosh,
1: I am such a nerd. Um, <laughs> yes, I have seen Guster 41 times. Oh my I'm God, not, I'm not keeping track.) Um, <laughs> Guster is a band that generally elicits the response, they're still
0: around when I tell people <laughs> that I
1: like them. Uh, I discovered them on Napster accidentally.
0: <gasps> oh my God, we're and so old. <laughs>
1: I know, right? People are like, I don't know what your demographic is, but still. Probably at least...
0: people know. People know okay. like Limewire. I mean, Napster's a thing is of... like, I'm,
1: I'm too old for Limewire, I think. Right, well, right, <laughs> right.
0: That's what I'm saying. Like, maybe if they're a little younger, they know Limewire, yeah. but like, napster is the thing of legends like right. have if they haven't made a napster movie like a Blackberry, you know they made like the beanie yeah. babies movie the black like they need to make a napster movie. Anyway. yeah it was yes. it was wonderful
1: um and this is a story about how napster uh made a band a lot of money well at least from one per, from one individual um so i accidentally downloaded one of their songs on uh on on napster because uh, i think i was trying to download like dispatch or some other
0: you know, oh my god dispatch. S-
1: band. <laughs> Still around also doing great. No, um, <laughs> yeah.
0: We should like find out when their next concert is and just go.
1: <laughs> I've been to one in the last three years. Um yeah. So okay, so uh so found them and loved the song. Like it was uh their album Parachute, which came out in uh ninety-four. Um and this was like ninety-eight. So um they had an album Parachute that came out in ninety four, then another album called Goldfly in nineteen ninety seven. They were uh, a bunch of roommates at Tufts in Boston. And so loved them, found out they were coming to town to open for a band called the Tragically Hip. Um, if you're not from the Northeast or Canada, you probably never heard of them, but if you're from Canada, you've heard nothing but them because they're massive up there. Okay. So they're opening for a band called the Tragically Hip and I was like, I'm going. And so went to see them at Darien Lake in New York in 1999, uh, summer of 1999 and have been hooked ever since. Um. They continue to make awesome music for a very niche group of people. Um, There's, you know, we are a a small but very active and and vocal fan base. I go to shows across the country. I generally know half the people I was going to ask,
0: have you Um, made a lot of friends? A lot of friends,
1: (laughs) uh, great online community. They allow taping of their shows, and they put out nine studio albums. Um, They had a big album. At the, uh, in 1999 called Lost and Gone Forever. If you know a Guster song, you probably know that one. It was really big on college radio. A song called Fafa, Fa, Barrel of a Gun, um, uh, Happier. These were all big songs. There was a movie called Life is a House where the entire soundtrack was Guster music. Um, and then they put out an album in 2006 with the song Satellite on it. Um, which you've definitely all heard. It's, a, it's another one that was really big on, on college radio and had some crossover. But yeah, they continue to put out music. They, what I love about them is they reinvent themselves every album. A lot of bands have a sound, um, and each new Guster album has a totally different sound to it. Um, and I love that. I love that band, a band that's been playing together for th- almost 30 years is still finding ways to, um, to, to, to make new sounds and to, and, to, and to bring in... They're probably not bringing in new fans, honestly, but they're keeping their old fans on their feet and giving them something truly unique each time they put out a new record. Um, and I'll stop talking in just a second because people are like, We're, we've, had, we've had enough of Guster. Um, they, they do a lot of shows with orchestras now. Um, and I took my son on his eighth birthday because he loves them because I play them all the time at my house. Um, to see them play with the Boston Pops in Boston oh, wow. uh, this June, and it was just unbelievable. It was unbelievable. Um, so uh, yeah, I I love them a lot. Their music makes me just feel a way that nothing no other music does. And if you haven't listened to them, give them a listen. You may hate them, you may love them, but um, but I'm always trying to spread the word.
0: We're just gonna you know all 200 listeners of this podcast know that well about <laughs> um we're gonna just create 200 new, 200 Guster, 200 fans. new Guster fans. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Have you have you met them? I feel like after forty one concerts, maybe yeah. But, so yeah.
1: two great stories. One, they played at my college in two thousand and three, and I interviewed them all backstage. Oh, cool. Um, and then I had crossed paths with, them, paths with them at a bunch of shows, but I was in a bookstore in Boston uh, for the pop show. Uh, there's a little bookstore uh, on on Charles Charles Street um, over in back uh, over by by the by, uh, um, uh, the Boston Common, and I've been walking up the stairs to this bookstore, and down coming down the stairs was the lead singer. And my son was wearing a Guster's for Lovers T-shirt, and we stopped and talked to him for like ten minutes, and he took pictures with us. And then we got to the show, and because there's this small community of Guster fans, everybody knew that it was Charlie's eighth birthday, and so uh, we saw the bass player in the in the lobby, and he knew it was Charlie's birthday, and we stopped and took pictures, and so. Yeah. That's so really I met special. Them. It's, it's always been real. They don't know me, although they probably look in the front row every show and I'm like, that guy
0: again. <laughs> That's awesome. So. I love that. Yeah. Cool. I'm going to listen to them yeah. after we end this. That's what, we'll, what yeah, Ellie and I will listen, listen to. I'm going to go
1: listen to The Vault from Fearless because I don't think I listened to that and now I'm interested. Okay.
0: Awesome. Well. Will there
1: be a Folklore and Evermore Taylor's? There won't, there right? Won't. Because they. Okay. Yeah. So this is the last. Is this no. the last
0: one? No. So she has two oh, more. yeah. There's reputation and then her debut album
1: oh the debut debut album album hasn't come out yet okay
0: yeah so those will be interesting can't wait well let's let's wrap up if it's okay with just a few rapid fire questions cool okay best 1989 song
1: i think it is style Style. because i just really like that that's just such a good it's a good hook it is a good hook I knew you were going to ask that, so I was thinking tonight. I like them all, but I think that is my favorite. I think it's style.
0: Most underrated 1989 song? Shake It Off. Hmm. I
1: think people think that it's, you know, people write it off because it was, you know, so kind of overplayed, but it's a great song.
0: It is a great song. It was the very last song we played at my wedding, so. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Just bookended the evening. It was great. Mm -hmm. Okay, because we're coming up on Thanksgiving, some Thanksgiving-related questions. Okay. Turkey trot or no turkey trot? Turkey
1: trot, got to run on Thanksgiving. I we I work a turkey trot. Well, it's a half marathon, <laughs> um, but the track club puts on one, and I get there at four in the morning so I can get my run in because you have to run on
0: Thanksgiving. You have to run on Thanksgiving. Favorite Thanksgiving dish? Uh, I'm
1: trying to think. Um, oh, the um, I, I like uh, I like stuffing. <laughs> Not like with the gizzards. I don't like that. I like that yeah. bread stuffing. Cool. Yeah.
0: That would be a hard... I'm like trying to think about that. I'm like, I don't even know. I don't know.
1: Yeah. I'm not a big turkey guy. Like, when do you turkey?
0: Pumpkin pie. That's my favorite. Okay. I, I like pumpkin pie. All right. And last one. Finish this... So just finish this sentence. The thing that's currently exciting me the most about running is... There's so many
1: things. Um, the women's race and the trials awesome i can't wait to see how that comes out. it's so unknown there's so many unknowns the women's race at the the marathon trials for sure
0: well jay thanks for spending 70 minutes of your evening chatting about just catching up and talking about music i love this i can't even believe
1: this was i know i just felt like a a fun 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 conversation
0: conversation. well i'm so happy that you've decided to run the bayshore marathon so we will see each other soon
1: I'm running the Grand Canyon earlier that month. We'll see how I recover. But yeah, I would love to do it. So,
0: Well, that's great too. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Well, let's talk soon. I always enjoy yeah. having the chance to talk to you. So thanks again. Thanks for having me. Mimi. Thanks so much for listening to this episode with Jay Holder. You can find Jay on Instagram at Jay Holder. Follow him on Strava. You can also find him on X. That still sounds kind of weird to say, at Jaunting Journo. That's J-A-U-N-T-I-N-G-J-O-U-R-N-O. Jay is so much fun to talk to, just such a wonderful, wonderful ambassador of our sport. We're so grateful for everything he does and just grateful for his time. If you want to follow us on Instagram, we're at Runners of the Bay. We're also on X at Runners of the Bay. Send us an email, runnersofthebay at gmail.com. Send us a DM. If you would be so kind, please leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts so that new folks can find the show. Thank you so much, and we will talk to you soon.